Welcome to Reset with Tom, the podcast. I'm Tom Metcalf, and each week I'll be sitting down to chat with an inspirational guest, talking all things life and what it is that defines each and every one of us. This is realness to the core, unfiltered, all cards on that table. Everyone has a superpower. Everyone has been seen as motivational by someone else, and that is the point of this pod making you realize that you are a badass superhero and you should be taking pride in that and talking about your unique story. Yes, my guest today is a fellow podcast host and her and her sister are making moves with their pod, Two Chickpeas in a Podcast, shining the light on what it is to be British Asian today in our society, delving deep into heritage, identity, educating the people. But on top of everything, They bring their beautiful selves, their sisterhood, their personalities, their drives, their love for who they are, what they represent, right to the forefront. And it's inspiring. Of course it is. So without further ado, one half of that sister act is here with me today, and she is a knockout. Natasha Beggy. Tash, take a virtual out. I am so glad you made it, and those pesky rail strikes lifted so we can do this team you doing okay how's your week how's your life how are you oh that was such a lovely introduction thank you i'm actually starting to get sweaty because i got so shy i thought you were gonna say so to get lovely. Teary. sweaty yes sweat. yes sweat yeah yeah that's really nice and now i'm smiling a lot thank you that's so lovely and i am very well and so happy that you have finally launched your podcast and it's just i'm inspired by you just i think you're such a go-getter so well done no i'm happy to have you here just tell me how are you you got back recently from a lovely little holiday break away from work you went to costa rica Yeah, so I just got back from Costa Rica in December. I took like a whole month off work, which was so nice. Um, And I think it was a much needed, much needed trip. It was just so life changing in so many ways. I did things that I've never done before. And I think I give myself so much pressure sometimes like, oh, like you can't do that. You can't do that. That like I, and then I have the FOMO, I have the fear of missing out. So I push myself to do it because I know if I don't do it and I leave, I'll just be like, why didn't I do it? Oh my God, I'm not going to get that chance again. So when I say when I say that, I mean things like scuba diving I never would have done before. Um, I didn't quite jump off the plane when we were doing... Um, scuba what- diving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, I'm, talking about, <laughs> I'm now talking about... Um, Bloody hell. What's the thing when you jump off the plane? Bloody hell. Come on. I, I know it. what it is, but you've got to give me this. This is two words. Two Skydiving. Yeah. Skydiving. I said I'm never going to do it. But then when we got there, they offered me to get on the plane and watch my boyfriend jump out. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, nah, nah, nah. And then I was like, wait, 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 hold on. I'm getting offered a free ride on a plane in Costa Rica to see my man jump out of the plane. I need to get the hell on this plane. And I'm so glad I did. And it was beautiful. And amazing views scuba diving again was amazing and I'm never going to do it again though because my ears killed but yeah I think it was just like such a great great time and I think going away especially when you're feeling a little bit low because I was feeling quite low towards the end of the year is such an uplifting feeling just to know that there's so much more to like your little bubble that you're in in your head there's so much more out there and I felt so at peace 
and so, especially somewhere like Costa, like Costa Rica, which is completely filled with with greenery, just absolute scenes. The the nature, like things you can't you cannot see through a picture. Your eyes, your naked human eye needs to see that. It was so amazing, and I feel so much better for for having gone. Yeah, you had your own had your own little refresh because. It's yeah. one of the biggest ecosystems out there as well, Costa Rica. And Exactly. But yeah, it's good, like you say, especially when it's that time of the year, you know, it's cold, it's dark here. And when you actually have the opportunity to go away and you can have that refresh, especially like a, 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 a quite a nature-focused one as well, it's needed. I very much found this... This December, January, quite like intense. I feel like the Christmas period lasted quite a long time. And whereas I've been very much focusing on being as active as I can be, going outside as much as I can be, not letting myself fall into the the gloom of midwinter. So it's good. You got some sand, you got some water. I had it all. Honestly, I had nature, sand, waves. I was in the middle of effing nowhere. When? Costa Rica as well, in Rio Chiquito, literally in the, the middle of nowhere, which was honestly, I it would give me so much anxiety because the trip, the the drive there, the last 25 minutes there, well, first of all, you're, you're on these windy roads anyway, but then you get to just like this gravelly, rocky road for about 25 minutes and the Airbnb was all the way up this hill and round, 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 round. It was insane. But once you got there, the views were just stunning and you think it's all worth it but then you realize there's only one restaurant in the town and you have to call and ask them to open it for you so yeah it was it was it was an experience but I'm glad again I'm glad we did it because I know that I don't think I've ever done that before I've never I've never experienced anything like that before so yeah yeah everything a blessing good time with your man as well yeah oh great time with him yes a great time Mm. Tell me about your podcast, because as I said in the intro, this is a massive part of you now. I started listening. You started 2019, right? Yeah. So we started in, yeah, 2019 November is when we launched and we did our first episode. And then I think, I can't remember how when our next episode was, but we so quickly entered into the pandemic that it was just like, oh, okay. And it was quite hard because obviously we were in the pandemic and we, and as you know, we were still at work. So I was still going into work all the time, whereas everyone else, you know, was either on furlough or working from home. So it was quite difficult to carry on being consistent. And so I never, I don't think we really had consistency until maybe like this past year. And it's not because we are lazy or anything like that. It's honestly podcasting something that you it's our passion project and we love doing it. And it's something that has, over the years, has really made me grow in my confidence. I was very, very nervous at the beginning. I also almost didn't really want to do it because I was such an anxious person and I didn't believe that I had a good enough voice to speak on topics, to speak my mind. Will people want to listen? But actually, when we released that first episode, so many people gave us great feedback, like amazing feedback. And a lot of it was aimed at me as well, which was so nice. And as the episodes went on, I kept getting really good feedback. And I know, and I always say it's not really about the validation, but at the same time, it's it kind of is in the fact that it's reassuring to know that you are 
making great points. Your opinions matter. Your feelings are valid. And that you're funny. <laughs> so it's quite nice to know that. My sister was always like, everyone always talks about how great you are and never me. And I'm like, what? That's so crazy. Because I feel like you're the glue to this podcast. But as a pair, and that's the thing, as a pair, we work so well together. And, you know, our sisterly bond is so much stronger because of it. There's different ways that we've bonded through th throughout the years, because when we were growing up, we were very different. And I think I had very different friends to, to my sister and just different viewpoints and just character, character personality. We're just different. So actually it's been so nice to be able to bond and kind of like share even more time with each other over a podcast where yes, some of the times, a lot of the time we've been with guests, but even like just in the episodes where it's just me and her having a catch up, it's so nice to see and hear what she thinks about things. I also think that we just learned so much more about our culture. And that's what the premise of our podcast is. It's learning about what it means to be British Asian today. And I think that is something that, I mean, I didn't, I didn't initially have the thought first thought and that was my sister's and she was very like I'm turning 25 like quarter life crisis like I don't know if I'm too British I don't know if I'm too Asian like I can't speak my language but I kind of understand it but I want to speak it but I'm shy and she was like this is what our podcast should be about because there's so many things that I'm so clueless about and I was like that's amazing we've always struggled with like being like are we too much are we too less you know, there's things in our culture that we don't like. There's things like, why, why women, why Hindu women are not allowed to go to the, to the temple, to the mandir on their period? Why is that? And we just couldn't rack our brains around it. And so we got someone in to teach us and break it down for us as to where that whole BS comes from. So yeah, it's been really, really eye-opening. Not only am I learning because I'm, I'm not, I don't have all the answers. You know, we're just two podcast hosts who are trying to learn about what it means to be a British Asian today and kind of give our perspective and learn from so many other people as well. And it's been great. And yeah, I just hope that we continue to to flourish and do better and get more time with each other because the podcast takes up so much time. No, sorry, the, my work takes up so much time that I really don't get to podcast. And I'd love to do that. It's so true. And the fact that your podcast birthed through this this hunger for not all the answers, but like answers that you were saying about. Mm -hmm. That's amazing because no one should be going into these kind of gigs thinking they know it all or thinking that they do have all the answers to give to people. You, you're giving other people uh, a platform for their voice, educating as well as yourselves, your massive audience that spans all different types of people. So I remember when I started listening and I was fascinated because I as well have this hunger to learn, especially about certain aspects of life that I, I might be uh, less clued up on. And it is really, really interesting. And I find it really interesting as well when I'm listening to someone and there uh, and that host or whatever is like, oh, that's brand new information. It's like with this, you know, I've learned about more in depth into hearing loss or more in depth into uh, certain uh, Olympic sports with women or people's own personal journey in, in their career or fitness. And that's what I love as well. 
And I love learning about people as well. And so that's why I'm very, very grateful for your podcast, because I think it's really inspiring about how each individual has their own learning, their own journey. You know, I so often walk down the road and I'm just looking at people. I'm just people watch a lot. Like, you know, even when I'm on the tube and my long last commute now, um, I will watch, I'll just look at someone and I just think what, what's the makeup of your life? What's the makeup of you? You know, like everyone has such a different journey and we're also also unique and we've probably conquered so many things that we didn't realize before. Even looking at my own self, I didn't realize I had conquered so much because I think I, what we all tend to do is we compare ourselves to people and that's natural, but, and we all say we shouldn't do it, but we do. And I compare myself to so many people, but actually when I break it down, I step back and I, and I look, I'm like, I've actually done a lot of things compared to a lot of other people that probably haven't done half the things I've done, been through the things I've been through and still here today. And I think that, that is something I really admire about your podcast is that you, you can see how everyone's got their little battles and, or have been through, you know, things that they've been through to make them the, who, the person that they are today. But it's just nice to know that they're carrying on with their life and they're not stopping and it's all very inspiring. And and naturally, pe- pe- people are naturally very nosy, right? Like we're a very friggin' yeah. nosy species. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think this gives a more effective need for that nosiness in a sense. Like you're actually gaining something from it by learning and being educated on certain topics. You're also... You're able to uh, sympathize rather than it being this mm, instilled, almost virtual secret nosiness that people tend to do online, you know, viewing what are they doing? And then all these elements of comparison or judge or, or judging or, and it, and it just becomes a lot more toxic. Whereas something like this, a safe platform which is here to learn about people, it spins it because naturally we are nosy. But stuff like this can bring us back down to a more human level of how we can, how can we turn that into something better? We can just have grace for each other as well. I think some people are so harsh on their opinions and their thoughts and their assumptions and their judgments. And it's like, you don't even know what that person's been through. And I think that's something that like I've, I've, I've been quite good at doing as I've gotten older, I have so much more graceful people and understanding of who they are and what is the, the makeup of them. And I try to, I try to always have the positive mindset first before the negative, because it's so easy to be like, oh, and look at someone and be like, Mm-mm, you know, and judge them straight away. But actually, you have no idea. And, and I've, I think I'm educating other people on that as well, because it's so I'm not saying I'm perfect at all by any means. Like I probably can be quite judgmental at times, but I try and wear that hat where I'm like, bitch, be nice because you don't know what people are going through. And it's the same with me. Like sometimes I wish people could give me a little bit of grace, but they don't know what I'm going through or something. You know, I'm 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 on my period and having the worst day ever, but I don't want to announce it to the world. And I just wish people would just leave me or something, you know? Yeah, it's right. As Walt Whitman said, be curious, not judgmental. Yes. I notice it so much in you as a person. You know, I see you and I I always see if if situations arise or if something's happened with a certain person, your level and you're one of these people that aren't straight in there at all with like 
judgment or it, it's this mindset of looking into it's looking into it more positively and it is giving people the benefit benefit of the doubt i think there's definitely a limit to that you know if, if someone cro- if someone oh, crosses definitely. you and yeah yeah yeah. You know, that's don't take the piss with me no. sorry can i swear yeah you can swear <laughs> i should have said that at the start when you said what the f but i know some people just like to say <laughs> oh, what that's the uh, f? that's also one of my problems is uh is my mouth no don't worry be too foul sometimes this is unfiltered oh lovely yeah oh, fuck, it, fuck away <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um anyway, quickly before we we jump on as well, I just want to address the fact that how how me and you met as well because this is this we've had a friendship for years now and I feel like we clicked so quickly. I remember being at work so so me and Tom know each other from work, Tom and I rather. We know each other through working at work, working at work. Work work work. <laughs> and I remember one of the first times you came and sat with me was downstairs in the newsroom and we were talking and I literally was just like, I love this human being. He is so amazing. Just you were so lovely in your soft voice and you're so graceful and you're so just easy to talk to. And I felt like I could just tell you my life almost. And I thought it was so cool. And then you opened up to me about something about you. You can say. And I literally was like, well, you well, I wanted to marry you, Tom, but you told me you're gay. No, I, so was, I, was, I like, was really scared. No, I'm joking. I wasn't at all. You're my work wife. But like that was such a. Do you remember? Like it was such a quiet thing. Like you didn't really want other people to know. Or you, it's not something that you'd go around telling people at that time. And fast forward, maybe what? It's been four or five years since that moment. Yeah, four years. You're so proud and out, and I love that. And I and you can really see it in everything that you do. You can really see that reflection of really just owning everything you are and you love. And I, not that you were really, not that you gave me the impression that you were hiding, but I just see you for you wholly now. Whereas like maybe you were trying to be in the corporate setting in such a quiet way. I don't know. Yeah, I think... Uh, you've got so many different settings in life, especially that you're trying to, uh, especially that you're trying to navigate at quite a fundamental uh, stage of you coming out. And I didn't realize probably what great an effect work was having on my identity because mm-hmm. I, I fu- yeah, I fully was hiding it and stuff. I think it was later that that first year, even I was, you know, at the point of, Christmas party I I remember I came out to someone else and I immediately followed up with just don't tell anyone don't don't mention that to anyone and I always think about that I'm like that's fine that was my you know my point in my my point in my little of course it's it's your personal choice and your and your life so you get to say don't tell anyone but yeah now I'm fully do you remember we had the oh you weren't there but we had the pride day at work last year (laughs) Oh, you were messaging me and sending me pictures. I think I was on the desk. I was still working and you were like, I'm just living my best life. And I was like, I love just it. Just making out with some older guy. No, I wasn't at work. I remember you sending me. Yeah. And you got changed and everything. And you had the best time and you were just telling me all this stuff. And I remember reading it thinking, this is a different Tom. Like, oh, this is the real Tom. Yeah, I was being proper slutty. Good for you. Yeah. Slap it away, even if it is a, in a corporate setting. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, it was, you know. Yeah, well, I'm very, very grateful that I've got to kind of witness this change in you. And I think it's so 
it takes a lot of confidence to do so. I think also the older you get, the more shit you don't want to take and you just want to live your life. So I'm glad that you've got that. And it's beautiful to see, honestly, like you should always live your best life. I don't want you to, or anyone for that matter, to, to hide in their shell. It's really lovely to see all the, the colours of the rainbow. Thank you, Tash. Look at you throwing rainbow love at me. <laughs> always. <laughs> always, always. I'm exactly the same, you know. I can remember seeing you that very that very first time. Vividly, I remember you were, like, quite slouched in your chair. I think you were done because I think it was quite late. <laughs> I'm always done. Who's this coming over? <laughs> I will marry you. <laughs> this is a voice we do, by the way. I don't actually think Tash sounds like that. Yo, oh no, yeah, me, me and Tom, we, we voice note each other entirely in an accent and um, we don't break. We talk like this and we and love it. It makes things so much more intense. Yeah, it does. It's fun for <laughs> us, okay? But yeah, and I've seen you completely grown over the years as well. I think we just get into that confidence. And also when we surround ourselves with more people that are embracing themselves, embracing what they're doing, it gives you that drive. And I took that from people that uh, inspired me and I took it on. It's a magical thing, life. Yeah, so I, I, I said this to you yesterday and I was wondering like what, why, I mean... I know that we have this beautiful friendship and you are one of the best people I've ever met in my life. And I'm so grateful. But when you talk, when you asked me to come on your podcast, I was like, Oh my God, why, why me? Like what's so inspiring about me? So I just wondered. People should ask this question. And like I say, when I started this, people will have all of their, um, have their own thoughts on what inspiring means, what motivational means. And like I say, everyone in their own right is. And you stand out to me as someone who is inspiring, who is motivational. You've come out with stuff, especially on your podcast. You've spoken about things personal to your life, which I know even building up to uh, how incredibly nervous you were, because it's a big platform. And when you put parts of yourself out there. It's a massive deal. You're being fully transparent. You're being fully vulnerable and you're showing people your beauty and you're not afraid to put yourself out there knowingly helping yourself as well as helping other people. It's a really big thing when you can admit that you're both helping yourself and you're helping other people and you've built up, up to this, uh, this specific coming out on your uh, podcast and it was really admirable to listen to you can you can tell you can say the name of the episode if you want yeah or what it was yeah, about yeah what was the full name it was basically about your um your journey we call it a medical journey medical journey to get your nose job yeah sure which is called a rhinoplasty rhinoplasty yeah that was that yeah that was something I've always wanted to do because I wanted to share the fact that it's okay if you want cosmetic surgery you just need to really really understand what that means for you in the rest of your life you need to completely thoroughly do your research and not just be like I want to do it because it's a flipping TikTok trend you need to know what you're doing because it's going to change and impact the rest of your every single day, if it goes wrong, what are your options? Can you afford 
that in your life? If you don't like it, how is your mental health? Are you? Do you think you'll be able to cope with it? So it was such a big thing for me because not only am I trying to educate people on that, but also like the fact that, yeah, like, you know, there's so many people out there that want to make you look great. Um, but really a lot of people just want your money and they don't give a shit about you after. And that is just the cool world that we live in. So it was very, very important for me to do that and help other people as well as talk about how, yeah, it's given me confidence and all of that, but really and truly it was to educate other people and especially brown girls. And I've had Honestly, I can't even count how many people, especially brown girls, have been in my DMs like, hey, I saw your podcast and I thought it was so good. Like, please, can I ask you some more questions? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And and it's really interesting to know that there are so many people still struggling. And the number one thing I always say is make sure you do your research because you need to protect your own mental health. I've seen so many people throughout my research going on and on and on about how sad they are and how botched they are and all the before surgery that they're having panic attacks. And it's like, my, my experience was so completely different because I had really prepared. And it's something that obviously, obviously it's going to be naturally, you're, you're naturally going to be nervous. But I think where I had really prepared for, for this massive moment in my life, the biggest thing I've ever done to myself I knew what I was in for and whatever the outcome I was going to be able to deal with it. So I think that that was the reason. And yeah, you know, even when I put it out, I was anxious in the fact that, you know, there's so many people out there that will probably judge me and still have something to say. And I did have people say a few things, but more than more than anything, I wanted to do it for me and to show that it is okay to other people. It's okay. I did this for me and you can do this for you and you will be happier if you do the research. <laughs> yes. And what's special about you in particular is people will go through these personal journeys. This is a big from start to start to finish, right? Would have started uh, the self-consciousness, whatnot would have started when you did start when you were very young, right? And then you have yeah. all of that through school, you're going through different thoughts, emotions on it until you finally reach the point where you're like, I'm going to fucking do it. I am going to change this thing about me because I want to. I want to do it now. And that's yeah. that's another that's another point in the journey and then you actually go and do it and then you come back and then you go through all of the the, the post op experience and then you're going through I want to share this story. I need other people to know. I need other brown girls to take this from me in particular and to own yeah. their lives, own their looks if they want to do that. And then you post it and then you're out there and you shared that. There will be so many other women that have done that and it's completely their prerogative. Like, obviously, not everyone has to share their story. Not everyone needs to share their story, but it takes one person mm -hmm. to do that. Exactly. And you took the stand. It could have gone any way. We have faith in people and you have incredible people around you, beautiful people that love you. So you're always going to have their support, but we don't know how other people are going to react. You did it regardless. Again, it's something I spoke to myself about and I said, you know, even if you get negative comments, like you're happy ultimately. It doesn't matter. I don't know these people through the screen. And that's something that like I feel a lot of people need to remember. Sometimes internet warriors, they have they project all this onto you, but really they would never say it to your face and you're never gonna see them. And I was like, I'm happy. I've done this. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was I was happy and thanks for 
acknowledging that too. Oh, it's okay. I want to acknowledge it because I think about it on the wreck. <laughs> on the ranks. <laughs> there are other things on my little list. <laughs> oh, yeah. And especially if people listening now, I'll obviously have and will direct people to your podcast. But if if this is something that you're you're looking into or just generally that process of getting work done on whatever it might be on your body, listen to that episode because I found it so, so, so educational on an emotional side as well. It's definitely, it's definitely something that's not just like, oh yeah, find your doctor. It's also like preparing your mind because your mind also can control your body. And, you know, if you get anxiety, you're not going to feel good about yourself. And next thing you know, you won't be wanting to leave your bed. And then next thing you know, you'll be depressed. And I've seen so many people, seen so many people go through that. I, you know, I had this whole research account and I've just seen everyone's stories. And I was like, that is not happening to me. It's not happening to me. So yeah, I made sure and I prepared. So yeah, if you are listening and you're thinking about it, head over to Chi Chickpeas and Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Cheek so, little plug there. Get there. Also yeah. something that I feel like me and you have in common is our grandmas. Yes. Um, I feel like I've always bonded you bonded with you over. I mean, your grandma has Alzheimer's. Are you looking for one-on-one coaching in self-discovery, confidence building, and a positive mindset reset? Well, look no further, my friend, and good on you wanting to make a change. That's why I'm here. Drop by my website and fill out an online form for a free 30-minute consultation with me, obviously. We'll talk through what it is in your life you want to change and how we can get you thriving as an authentic version of you. I did it, and so can you. All I ask is you bring honesty, you show up as yourself, and in turn, I'll give you the support you need to transform your life, you beautiful badass. Go to www.resetwithtom.com and follow the link for your free consultation. I'm a friend. This is what I love to do, and I'm here to help you. See you there. Yeah, so she, well, she's got um, not specifically uh, Alzheimer's, but she's got dementia. You know, for the listeners who might know bits on it, I mean, we're getting to a point now where almost everyone in the country is going to know someone with dementia in their life. And uh, dementia is an umbrella term for a range of conditions that affect the brain and how the brain functions. And there can be almost like 200, I think it's two, no, I know it's 200 different types. So Alzheimer's being one of the most common, yeah, one of the most common forms of dementia. That's why, you know, so many people are aware of it. But yes, my, yeah, my nana's got, um, her dementia is really, uh, really kind of rocketed over the past few years as as yours has tashed and it took that just that little conversation uh we we must have had it well it would have been at least two years ago when mine really started showing effects um it takes those little spontaneous moments where you're open and you're vulnerable to talk about something and I think at the time it must have I mean it's always heavy on the mind 
for family members or friends. Um, it was obviously quite an intense period, I think. And we started talking about it and, and we found that, you know, we have many elements of common ground, but we found that really special common ground there. It is, it is special. It is a special common ground because I feel like you might hear of someone having dementia or something, but it's not the same as knowing someone directly because they're never going to know how you truly feel. You can explain that, oh yeah, they're like this and this, this and this, and this is how it makes me feel. But like not when, when you speak to somebody who actually gets it, it's so you feel a little bit more understood. I feel like some of my closest friends don't understand because they they haven't got someone like that in their lives. And I and I am so grateful that they don't because it's it's emotionally so hard to deal with because you're seeing someone literally that you love deteriorate in front of you and lose their way when you once knew them for who they actually are. I mean, my grandma, she worked for 35 years on Oxford Street and lived in Felton, West London. So she used to take a bus and then to the tube station and then take the tube from Hounslow all the way to Oxford Circus, work all day in John Lewis and come all the way back. And she, then she'd go home and make food for the family and on weekends. And yeah, then she'd clean the whole house, sorry. And then on weekends, yeah, we'd be cleaning and then she'd be going out with her friends. And she was always dressed up to the nines, like her hair, makeup, nails, perfumes. I used to go in her perfume cupboard all the time and spray everything and run away, hoping that she didn't know. She always knew. Um, and now to see her and then go through, you know, her like being scared to take an escalator or forget just how to do anything or go to the bathroom or to now she's in a, a care home where she, you know, she eventually stopped talking. She stopped walking. She's bed bound, basically. She they use a hoist to get her from the bed to the chair and chair to the bed. And, you know, she has to get changed when she needs the bathroom. And it's just such a weird disease. It's a horrible disease. And I honestly think it's one of the worst in the world. And no disrespect to anyone else who's going through something or know someone who's been going something through something awful but just from my personal experience I think it's one of the worst things because it really does take away your identity it really does take away you know my grandma probably was feeling scared like she and I remember her saying like I don't know you know I've got memory loss I don't know what's happening to me and and I'm such a burden on you and I'm so sorry and you know all of these things now are just making my heart bleed because I wish I knew then what I know now, I would have held on to her even more. I wouldn't have left her side. But at the time, you know, I was doing my A-levels and I then had to go off to university. And even on weekends, I was coming home and every, you know, my, my, I went to university in Birmingham and, and pretty much every other weekend I was home looking after my grandma while my mum went to work on a Saturday. And it was so sad to know that, you know, I, I wish I took her out on walks, but she couldn't walk that quickly because she was losing her mobility. And now I'm like, I should have done this and I should have done that. And like, you know, at the time we, re we honestly did our best, but I just look at her now and I'm like, I just wish I could have you back or I just wish I could do more or I just, it's so sad. And, and, and I think that's also why I have a grace for a lot of people is because 
I don't want to stress them. I don't want to give them any sort of stress or judgment where they think about themselves negatively. Like, I think she was, my grandma was depressed for such a long time and none of us really knew about it. Um, she had a lot of trauma in her life. And I, and I re I've recognized that when I did a con, um, I did an online course, it's called a MOOC, a massive online open course. And it was about dementia and the university was in Tasmania and I, and it was free to join and I did it. And I think it was like a 12 week course. I actually can't remember. I remember doing it for quite a while. And every week you learn a new topic about an umbrella and dementia and how we can prevent it and what causes it and all of this. And one of the biggest causes is honestly stress. And then I looked at her life and I was like, she was under such immense stress, but held it down for the entire family. Because as an Indian woman, you do, you get up, you, you carry on, no matter what the fuck is going on in your life, you get up and you go to work and you carry on and you cook for the family and you come home and you keep your mouth shut and you don't say anything. And you don't have a say in a lot of things because you're the woman and this is what's going on. And you can, I can, I can really recognize now the pattern as to why she got dementia in the first place. To get it this bad was crazy. She was diagnosed at such an early age, and I think I always say now. I always say it to everyone. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. The minute, the moment that I get any sort of disease that I know is going to take me away, I don't want to be here. And that's not that's not me saying I'm ungrateful for life because I love I love life. I, and I think it's so beautiful that we all get to, to experience life on, on earth, but to live this sort of life, is no quality of life. And I, and I know this may sound very horrible, but I honestly don't know why God still has her on this earth because she is now just, she's just laying there like a vegetable. She can't talk. She can't walk. She can't communicate. Bless her. Like I just, I find so such joy in seeing her every time I get the chance to, every time I'm off work, I make a point to go and see her and she gives me such happiness, but she can't even, I don't even know if she knows who I am. Do you know what I mean at this point? Like, I don't know. I'm assuming I see her smile on her face when I see her, but I don't know. So it's one of those things where it's like, Witnessing someone that you love so much go through all of this is so hard. And it must be really hard for you as well, Tom, because you you also have witnessed that with your grandma. Yeah, I have. My, you know, I think where my, obviously you said your grandma's, she's had it for a long time. How long has she had it for? I think it's been about 11, 12 years now. Yeah. Like, I think they diagnosed my nana maybe only two years ago. And she really started showing effect from when my my papa, my my granddad, her husband, died uh, during COVID. So coming up three, yeah, about three years ago. And then that was her trigger um, because she then couldn't live. They've been in Liverpool, up in Liverpool their whole lives in Crosby. Um, and then they moved down literally just before COVID. It was really bad timing. So my papa was like 94, absolute legend. <laughs> yeah, made it to 94, good health and everything. And um, he was just getting too 
he couldn't do that drive from Liverpool to <laughs> 94. So mad. He couldn't do that cross-country drive it anymore. Crazy. So they were like, you guys need to move down. So they moved down for like two years, but it was COVID. So they were just in the flat most of the time. Um, but then when he when he died, it that completely triggered her. So she, she did change at that point. And she had to go into a residential home because into a care home because she couldn't be on her own. Um, just so forgetful. I think it had been growing over the years. You know, my mum definitely notices that she, she would now realise a lot of the little clues and stuff over the decades were kind of hinting to this. Um, and as mm-hmm. well, you know, my nana was secretly, well, not secretly, but she she suffered from a severe depression as well. But mm-hmm. being that generation less vocal and, but you know, she was, that was another uh, common thing there between the two of them. But yeah, and you know, she's she's not at the the severity at this point of your, of your, of your grandma. She's very much, yeah, she like broke, broke her arm like six months ago. It's kind of like here. It's weird that me and her both like broke our same arm. Um, at the same time. The same, I kept saying that to her. And she fell out of bed as well. How weird. Oh, wow. Um, you practically threw yourself across the room. I didn't know, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so she's still walking. Uh, she does have a little walker now. I'm not sure if that's just related because of, her shoulder but uh she's she's talking and everything but it is you know she's glossy eyed it, it it's difficult because i'll go she thinks i'm her son um the most of the time yeah. i'll remind her i'm not but you know instantaneously she'll think i'm her son i'm like what no come on i'm not it's me it's tom i'm like 30 <laughs> um but she, it's it's very quick, you know, every 20 seconds, why am I here? What am I doing here? And my mum's an absolute superhero. And, you know, she supported both of them through COVID, like taking them food and stuff. And when, when my papa started to deteriorate and had to go to, you know, hospital so many times and eventually passed, um, and then being there for my nana and going and it's just difficult when you've got a parent I imagine you know it just gives you so much respect like a parent who's just like pleading to not be where they are and you have to say to them you know from you do these dementia courses and stuff and it is okay to say you know you know you'll be coming out soon and stuff because it is it does make it easier it's easy to say that but they're forgetting almost immediately if you can give them a bit of hope that like you will be coming, you know, you will be coming out temporary. And as well as this, you go through so many different emotions, you know, sadly, I think, um, I definitely remember near the start, you know, having quite a bit of frustration when I'd go to the care home because you, you, you're not used to this constant reminding and, and you can't fully understand it. And especially a big thing with my Nana, you know, she will ask me every, I would say her memory relapses like by this point, you know, it could be every 40 seconds. She will ask me if I've got any girls in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Every minute. It's so predictable. (laughs) At the start. I love it. She don't know I'm gay. Like it's not by this point with a grandparent as well. It's not worth it. I, and I realized now I'd much rather be saying, no, there's no one in my life right now, or, you know, maybe there is someone, um, then 
I'm gay. Yeah. And she'd be like, what is that? <laughs> because I'm gay. <laughs> she, but as well, she would be, she would probably be a bit upset and worry. She, and she'd have that worry. And then I would, I would have to then deal with that. So it's a lot easier to not have to come out every minute than it is to say. Yeah. No, even though I'm hearing it about 50 times in an hour, you get used to it and, 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 and it's about them, you know, it's that confusion and, and it's, 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 it's fascinating when you think, wow, that's just the forefront of our head with me. They won't be able to remember faces. Um, and it affects, you know, dementia affects different parts of the brain. So it can be your speech. It can be your language. It can be your vision, your, your behavior, your mobility, it's what's terrifying about it because it hones in on these areas of the brain. Like, and it's sad because your brain is rooting for you your whole life. Like I talk about this, you need to have a love of your body. Like our bodies are incredible. They do so much of us breathing and the rainforest of cells in our brain that allow us to see and taste and hear and everything like love hate memory like we have all of this we've got to be taking advantage of it and just appreciating that for as long as we can for as long as we can because our brains get tired like our bodies get tired our brains eventually get tired okay and that's why we have to nurture the mind that's why i learned on one of the you know in the course it's stress it's loneliness it's trauma it's diet it's literally we just have to try and live our best lives and that's really what living your best lives mean like trying to give yourself happiness and nourish your body and your mind in all ways and I think that's just it isn't it it's food for thought like you we've seen it now physically with with our close ones our loved ones that we don't want it to ever happen to anyone else let alone ourselves and so I think that's one thing that like yeah it's take it takes an emotional toll on me every single day. And I'm very much an empath in the fact that I always feel for other people. I always take on other people's emotions and sadness. I always feel sadness for my mom that she only has her mom and now her mom and she's an only child and she only has her mom who now is basically she's not able to do anything or speak to her or just say, Hey, Hey mom, how are you? Whereas I call my mom all every single day and I have a conversation with her and I'm just like, isn't it so crazy that like, we are so privileged in so many ways and not everyone in the world has this. But I think that again, it comes back to the grace thing. Like I give so many people grace because you don't know what's going on in their lives. And I just always want to try and respect people because if I inflict any sort of negativity onto someone's life, like I feel so shit for it I feel so bad for it I even I don't like to upset like my family my boyfriend my friends I have such a like a people pleasing element to myself which I'm still trying to work on because I'm trying to really give myself now that nourishment like I'm trying to actually see my grandma a little bit less than every single day because it is emotionally taxing on my brain like I feel so immensely sad when I leave her because I know that she's in that room by herself and she hasn't got someone in there sitting with her all day, every day, oh, Tash, which I used to be able to do. As well, what we've got to remember is, you know, we, we can obviously be naturally filled with this, almost this sorrow and stuff. And it, and it, is, it is so Guilt. difficult. And I know our grandmas are at different, uh, different levels of this disease. But as well, we have to have so much 
respect for ourselves in these situations yeah. and you as well someone who's yeah. going every day like she is so lucky to have you two and whoever else in her family not everyone is this lucky to have the support that we have and, and we have to think like if if ever that happened to us when we were older we would want that as well and it's re remembering those elements of it yeah because family is so important and we're there for each other when it's the same with friends and friends and whoever, when, when traumatic, uh, life-changing things happen like this, you know, we, we have each other. Your grandma has comfort in you. Yoy. Yoy. <laughs> Not me. Nobody. Yoy. <laughs> We're pleasing a certain like generation there. And I, and I don't say this, I don't share this with you to gain sympathy or for people to be like, oh no, like poor her, blah, blah, blah. I think it's what, what I realize about myself is the emotional toll it takes on you every single day in your family and how we're also like uneducated about dementia still because, and now it's more and more common, you know, but I think it's something that I was just placed in our lives. We didn't ask for it, it was just placed in there one day and that's it, our world's changed. And it came so so closely after my dad leaving home. So it was like going from one thing to the other. So without getting into it with my dad, but you know, in my, my childhood, my childhood wasn't the greatest. And then, you know, we just, my dad left and we thought, wow, brilliant, we can live our lives now. I'm not even kidding you. A few, it's, it was a few months later, if that, my grandma got sick and you know it was like fuck great another thing so it's it's about the fact that we we're always constantly presented with things that we didn't know we were going to be presented with you know it might even be the fact that you know you may have had an unexpected death in the family and now you feel so low and depressed and how do you get up and it's almost like we forget that we're humans and we do have to deal with our emotions. And I feel like, you know, things like this, like your podcast is very healing to know that, you know, we're not the only people in the world going through things and we all have our own journeys and our own paths and our own problems. Yeah. I just want people to try and be better for each other, for themselves and for each other. And I think that's something I've, I'm trying to do and have been trying to do even when I reflect back and I'm like oh I wish I could have done more and I wish this and I wish that yeah I wish all those things but I also know I did my best at the time I know my mum was doing her best at the time I know that you know I was in my A-levels and I was trying to deal with that I know that I was in university and then all of a sudden I was going home every other week to look after my grandma, but also deal with the fact that my dad had left and all my childhood trauma, blah, 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 blah. And I think, do you know what? We're just flipping amazing humans. We are. We are. We are. And I think... It's important what you say about sympathy. Like, we shouldn't be worried anymore about that our stories are just going to evoke sympathy because, firstly, they shouldn't necessarily. Like, especially with this podcast, the point of this podcast is not for sympathy, yeah, you can be sympathetic and stuff, but it's really about just moving into that new stage of being able to open up, people being able to listen, and to just be human, to just talk and share your story. It's quite healing. Yeah, it's healing to talk about your about what's going on in your life. You know, I've I've been doing therapy for I started therapy, and I've been wanting to do therapy for years. 
And I knew I needed it because I, I, I get a lot of anxiety and I'm in my head all the time. And I've, you know, my, my childhood trauma, you know, all of this, blah, blah, blah. I knew I wouldn't want to carry it on further and further into my adulthood. And so I made it a point to, to do therapy. And honestly, therapy is so great. Like you get to talk your shit and no one can judge you for it. And actually you recognize where these thoughts and patterns and behaviors have, have actually come from. So if anything, therapy is very helpful because, you know, you can talk to your friends, but when it, sometimes you just want a, someone else to just listen and just not judge and maybe a professional that will actually tell you where that those thoughts might stem from. So yeah, we are human. We're going to th- feel things. And sometimes our feelings might be irrational or weird or whatever. Um, you know, this podcast, even as I'm talking to you, Tom, I'm realizing like, I'm actually, I've actually done really well considering there's other elements in my life I'm very unhappy with but actually I think I'm doing I've yeah. done quite a lot of progress and honey and and you, there yeah. are always going to be parts that we're not happy with there's always going to be you know I could go out today and I could do something that I can't think of an example of and not be happy about <laughs> it and that is okay yeah. Do you know what an example of that is? Yesterday, no, not yesterday. A week ago, I went to Costa because I wanted to take a coffee for my walk. Large coffees are so big, by the way. And I ordered my coffee. I always make sure to ask them, you know, how's your day going? And then I stood at the side. I was stood there for about four or five minutes, and three people got their coffees before me and it wasn't until then that I clicked and I said is my Americano not ready we've got frappes going out here we've got pumpkin spices going out here (laughs) I've not had my Americano is everything okay and she said I wondered what you were doing stood there I was like yeah what did you think I was doing but then I got my Americano because the other person hadn't and it was fine I was just like look don't worry I could have just been stood here for like 10 minutes but I should have acted quicker. <laughs> yeah, but you're not gonna you're not gonna assume that your americano wasn't being made. Well, I know it should right. be the quickest drink. Exactly, it's bloody coffee and a bit of water. I wanted that americano. Yeah, I'm actually having my own americano right now. Is it still going? Is it not cold? It's cold as fuck. Yeah, mine's empty. I try and get it down as quick as possible because I don't like a cold drink <laughs> unless it's meant to be a cold drink. God, I'm sweating now. Are you sweating? Yeah, just from that story, I'm really out of breath. <laughs> it's bringing stuff back to the surface. We we need to do um like a like a walk or a hike or something. I feel like me and you are very similar in that. Like you you get you get out there in the outdoors. Let me tell I you, I love getting sweaty. Every sense, yeah. Of the word. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, we we should. I mean, I'm all for the nature and the taking in the fresh air. And I just, yeah, I just want to enjoy this life as much as possible. And as 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 much as I can get out from life, I want to I wanna do it. I want to soak that shit up. And I think this year, 2024, it's not a new year, new me kind of vibe, but also it is. If I want to, you know, I feel like 2023 was good, but 2024... Towards, like I said, twenty that towards the end of the year, I felt a little bit low, and I'm using this year as an as an excuse to pick myself back up. And I think this is going to be a good year. This is this is going to be a good year. It's the last year of my twenties, 
And I want to make sure that I do something fundamentally for myself in, in, in terms of myself, my body, my brain. I'm doing things for myself. And I, if that means, you know, getting kicking myself back into the gym, so be it. If that means eating healthy and like actually sticking to, an, to a regime, so be it. So I've signed up and I've got my my little gym plan, my little meal plans. After this, I'm going to my local shopping market, which is a bloody Waitrose. Go on, get your food. And it's going to be expensive, but you know, we, we're doing it for the health and the mind of the body. So I am excited. Yeah. I'm really just trying to, I'm trying to be positive this year, you know, I'm just trying to be that girl. We need to be, we need to be, especially this year. And um, it, you talking about there getting closer to your thirties. I'm I'm one baby step closer than you. I think I've managed to change a few perceptions because this conversation has come up as we get closer. And I know there'll be people considerably considerably older than thirty or or younger or whatever, and they'll think thirty. But once you get rid of that fear of going into a new decade of your life, and that's always going to be the case. I'm just like so excited now for my 30s. I'm so excited. I want to have a new chapter of where I'm living, what I'm doing, who I'm around. And absolutely, as you should. Like they say that that is new 20s. And even as I'm approaching 30, I keep, I always make this joke about how I don't want to be 30 because I don't want to be old, but. It's like everyone's so much more happier. Mm, and 30 sounds quite young now. I think it's a thing when you get closer to age. Like 30 does sound very young to me. Yeah. Mm. We're just youngins. I think this is the era for you, Tom, because like I said, like over the past couple of years, over the past this year alone, I have seen such a switch in you. And, I, and I'm not even exaggerating. The switch, the switch. Can you guys hear that in my headphones? Like the switch was like that. Like you just embraced who you are wholly and I love it even like the the things that you've told me you know the encounters with some shitty people in your life that you've had to like really been like you know what what you said wasn't okay and I just I took such such inspiration from that because it's like you're only educating this person to be like listen like you need to stop living your life like this because it's not okay you're actually harming other people it's funny, I've always shared, yeah, I've always shared those moments with you. I mean, it's not like I'm I'm, I'm drowning in terrible moments where I've had to, <laughs> where I've had to have a conversation with someone, it happens. And when, when you reach a point where you can actually just be an adult, you don't have to go in all guns blazing. You can actually be calm. You can actually talk to someone. Um, but yeah, I, f- I forget that certain, certain things have happened and I've told you about because I feel comfortable telling you and I know you're very level-headed and yeah you reach a point where you can't if it's a bad situation you can't let people get away without that sounding hostile or Liam Neeson like you can't let people get away with treating you like nothing or disrespecting you especially disrespecting you in environments where people that you do respect are also there and also you need to call people up on their behaviors as you need to call yourself up on how you act. But if people aren't backing you or respecting you or loving you or defending you as they should be, words need to be had and you can be level about it. Years ago, I would have just been like fuming and I would have got so angry and done damage to relationships. Whereas when you get to a point where you can park anger Feel anger when you need to feel it. 
don't shoot anger at people. But when you can park those emotions, park them, not not feel them because we need to feel all emotions. It's like when you're about to send a long message. Never, never just shoot that message. And I'm getting better with messages because I'm a rambler. I'm a rambler. Um, when you can make something concise, when you can read something over and get your word across, plural words, uh, effectively, then you're doing wonders. Yeah, it's that I, you know, even as you're saying this, I'm like, shit, I need to do better with my anger because I can get very angry very quickly and very hot headed. Uh, my reactions are very like, I need to just fucking take three breaths before I start talking because, yeah, my reactions are are not always the best, but. That's something I can learn from you, hey? Yeah, and I think even whatever situation you think of, if someone's right there and they're screaming at you and they're having, they're giving you all of this like critical spiel shit, you can handle that situation so much better unless there's a a, a fist coming at you and then you're going to fucking block that and floor them, kick them in the neck. Yeah. But if it's it's verbal and you're you're getting all of this, you you can be so much better in that situation by holding yourself and thinking about what you're going to say next rather than jab, jab, jab. Yeah. You can actually make so much more of an impact in that moment or walk away and then go back. It's always fucking easier than, you know, it's always easier than you saying it and doing it. But yeah, I will definitely, that is, well, that's also on my New Year's resolution list this year uh to to try and hold back before i reply because sometimes i can be very hot-headed and just argue and raise my voice and my family always say like you need to calm down and i'm like yeah sometimes when i get angry i just see red and i can't back down because i feel like i need to have my say and also i always feel like i need to have the last word it's bad but hey, no one's bloody perfect. No one is perfect. We can aim for, for perfection. Let me start that again. We can aim for perfection. We can get close to perfection. We can't always just bath in it. We can't just swim around in that perfection always. No. We can get close. Yeah, we can. We can get close. We can. We can. I love that you have been a prime example of, I mean, Honestly, no, everyone that comes on, they're going to have questions questions as to, unless they've approached me to come on, why am I asked to come on? What is it that you find inspirational about me? And I know you know your highlights, and I know you know when you've done good, and I know you know what you're doing for people and how you're progressing in life beautifully, but it's good to hear these things laid back on us. It's good to have reminders. It's good for people to hear what other people are doing and reflect on what they're doing and that anyone could be sat here right now. Anyone, not anyone, like if you do bad things, no, no. And what I mean by bad <laughs> things is not like things you can get away with, but, you know, killing whales and give me some examples, Tash, bad things, or killing people. Being, yeah, a criminal, being on death row. Yes, but some people are falsely on death row. Not all, yeah, yeah. If you actually are bad on, you're a convicted murderer. Yeah, actually, the evidence is there clear to see you're a murderer. Yeah, yeah wow. them. Death row is like a big topic for another podcast. I feel. I actually, honestly, just pause. Um, I really um wanted to work on death row as a child. I honestly, that was my dream to to work on death row. I wanted to help people on death row. Seriously. 
Yeah. And I don't know why I never worked hard enough to, to do that degree. I think I've looked at it and realized how much work you have to do. I don't know. I don't know where my head was at. I think, I think university was such a weird time in my life. Cause like I said, it was like when my grandma got Alzheimer's, my dad had left. So choosing, you know, which university to go to and what to do, I wasn't thinking about it properly. That's one thing in my life. I wish I changed and I did like law and criminology or something. But anyway, here we are. No, but I'm this happy. is really interesting because had you watched something, had you seen, have you seen the green mile? which was with Tom Hanks and he's on the, which is interesting because the reason why it's called the Green Mile, they walk along the green line on the floor, which takes them all the way to the chair. That's why they call it that. I should bloody watch it. I'm so uneducated. It's very traumatising. Don't watch it today. There's a scene in it that will never leave your brain. Oh, okay, fine. Thank you. Trigger warning. Yeah, that's cool though. And it it tells you you about... uh, Told you about you. I started looking about two months ago. I was very much like, I want to do a different career. I want to do something else. And I was researching being a lawyer because I was, I've, I've always had an interest in doing that and getting up in that court and just being like, no, she is innocent. Okay. He's innocent. You're guilty. I am the defense lawyer here today to tell you, you're going down. You're going down. Life. You'd be like Kim Wexler. You you'd have that kind of like, yeah. I would. I'd be Kim Wexler. Oh my god. You would be. Kim Wexler is from Better Call Saul. If you have seen Breaking Bad, you need to see Better Call Saul because it's the fucking best thing ever. Yes. And Kim Wexler's a badass bitch. Kim. Kim. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kim. Yeah. We love Kim. So as you were, let's go back. <laughs> I mean, that's all going to be in it. I know you said pause, but that was very insightful. Yeah, no, pause, pause that, as in pause what you were saying. You can keep all of that in there because that's very... Oh, you yeah. paused me. Yeah. I thought you just as you were saying, general life for a minute. Life continue. What was I saying? Why did we start talking about the prison system? I think I was just saying, why was I talking about death row? Oh, God. Oh, bad because things. I... I was talking about yeah. people, people being here. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> nice say I can ramble. It's been really, 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 really beautiful having you here sat with me. We have a great connection uh, from the moment we met and listening to you talk about parts of your life is so wholesome and it's so special because I look at you and you're radiant. Tash, you are, and you're doing big things. And 2024 is going to be gonna be a great year us i feel it i feel it too feel it in my bones and i just want to say that every single time i see you walk into the room at work and i don't know that you're even coming in or whatever and i see you it's just such a feeling i'm just like oh my god my guy's here like my main man is here i try and be, be quiet and i pounce on you from behind you do every time and you get me every time and then we embrace in a lovely hug yeah it's great just let it all out, all of it. But two chickpeas in a podcast. Where can where can we find you, girls? So give me your handles. What are you on? Uh, yeah, you can find us on Instagram at two chickpeas in a podcast. About T W O, two chickpeas in a podcast. Uh, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, and we, yeah. We'd love to, to have you listening. Yes, I'm going to direct you there because you're going to get some good listens there. And we've got to support our fellow pods. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm so happy to be on Reset with Tom. And I really honestly feel so good having done this podcast with you because I feel like I'm going to have a great day now. That's why I always want to do them in the morning. It's like therapy. I think therapy in the morning is much yeah. better than therapy in the evening. Not that it's therapy, but it's just getting you set. Get out it is there. kind of therapy. Yeah. I'm going to go to my big waitress. <laughs> no. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Sending so much love to you and just have an awesome day. And you. I love you. Enjoy. Enjoy. Not me. Not Hermione. Yo. You've been listening to Reset with Tom, the podcast with me, Tom Metcalf. If you want to find out more about the guests I have on each of my shows, take a look at the episode description on whatever app you're listening on, and you'll find all the relevant info and links on that legend. You can follow me on Instagram at Reset with Tom. I put a lot of work into this gig, so please always show love, show your support, give me a follow or a star review, and that would just be amazing. If the core of this show has resonated with you, please share your thoughts on my socials. And if you would like to feature on Reset with Tom the Podcast, you know what to do. Just drop me a message. I would love to hear from you because remember, you are all inspirational. The theme music of the show is the incredible track Comes in Waves by Total Giovanni. Thank you so much for letting me use your sound, guys. The song is very important to me. Reset with Tom is produced by me, and I will be here every Wednesday. So get that reminder set. See you next week, beautiful people.